Brandon Brands. Yo, 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 Zachary Babcock here from underdogempowerment.com. And if you want to build a brand that matters, then guys, you should definitely be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my man and good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. Excited to have a great guest for you guys today. But first, you know, welcome to the show. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer. This is Brands on Brands on Brands. I am your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Appreciate you guys tuning in and connecting. And the best thing that that I want from you guys is to connect, to let me know your story, let me know what you're up against, what kind of challenges you're facing. And uh, that that's the world to me. So go to if you're new to this or if you're not new and you've been listening a while, go to brandonbrands.com and reach out. There's a button right there. You can connect with me on Facebook or you can send me an email, brandon at brandonbrands.com and let me know you're listening. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, and if you need help with anything, you have marketing questions, happy to answer them. Today, let's get to the show today. Today we have Zach Babcock, Zachary Babcock. Uh, he's the host of Underdog Empowerment a top 200 rated podcast on iTunes where he interviews celebrities, professional athletes, industry leaders, and he runs a podcast production media company that helps entrepreneurs launch top shelf podcasts themselves. Not only this, I mean, his story really spoke to me, right? I mean, from, from being someone who lived with convicted felons in prison for over five years to then moving on and finding success, breaking out of that those barriers that come with that stigma to you know, being able to now rub elbows with multimillionaires. Uh, this is a guy that I think can inspire a lot of people. That's the kind of story I, I'm excited to share with you guys today. You'll hear a lot about how he overcame that, about vulnerability, about building a personal brand, about pivoting when you know something that's not right for you, and just taking things in stride and, keep on, and, and keeping things moving even when uh, it's, it's hard to stay motivated. So I hope that resonates with you guys. It resonated with me for sure. And I'm excited to bring this to you guys today. So check it out. Brandon Brand. All right, let's get going. Today, excited everyone to bring you Zach Babcock. Thank you. First off, before we get into it, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I got to go on your show, Underdog Empowerment. It's a podcast on iTunes and everywhere the podcasts are, but I appreciate you coming back on and we can flip the the script around, as they say, on you today and get to know more about you. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it's a total role reversal. And thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I, I think I almost enjoy being on this side a little bit more. Like I like <laughs> asking the questions and directing the conversation. Uh, so you get the spotlight on you today. What was interesting, what I wanted to talk to you about today is you you really have built something that helps people, right? You have this this uh, business that works with helping people create their businesses and their lifestyle and all that. And what I wanted to jump into first was a little bit about the underdog empowerment movement, if you want to call it. I don't know what to call it. To be honest. It's like it's, you call it a resource that teaches you strategies, how to scale your business to six and seven figures as an underdog. 
It's, but it's more than that, right? It's a philosophy, it's tools, it's education, it's a podcast, it's a business, it's you. Can you tell us more about like what you do specifically like within that underdog empowerment kind of umbrella? Yeah, man. So I like to talk about what we, what we're already doing more so than what, you know, what we're going to do. Cause everybody says, Oh, I'm going to do this, but they don't end up doing it, you know? But, um, so what we're doing right now with, with underdog empowerment is crazy, man, because you know, I, I did a bunch of time in, in prison being a knucklehead, got my stuff together after I missed out on my twin's birth and became an entrepreneur out of necessity. And what the reason why I started underdog empowerment Brandon, is because man, Every time I tried to collaborate with another entrepreneur, uh, nobody took me seriously, man. And I was just some ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And because of that, I was pissed, bro. I was like, I was legit mad about that. I was like frustrated. I, it was painful. I was like, man, that, I turned my life around, but these people are keeping me in this box, you know, and I, I get it. You know, that's part of human nature is the legit, legitimately forming opinions immediately upon people. It's part of our survival instincts, but still, I'm like, I'm not going to stay there. And so I created the underdog empowerment out of that frustration for selfish reasons first, uh, you know, fill up your cup first, and then also to empower other underdog entrepreneurs. And uh, really just to document the journey of being an underdog entrepreneur, you know, from the bottom and, and, and then the climb to the top. And uh, it was crazy because the podcast became a top two, 200 rated podcast on the third day. And then the next week I had Billy Gina's marketing on the show. But the week prior, nobody wanted anything to do with me. And then it was just, it, it, it kind of messed with my mind for a minute. I was like, whoa, this is real. But uh, it, it was cool, man. And, um, you know, since then, uh, really digged in. And, and now, you know, we help other entrepreneurs launch their podcasts, become top 200 rated podcasters, make money from their podcast, grow it astronomically, all these things, right? But we also have the podcast production agency where we actually provide a service. And, and you know, just as, just as well as I know your podcaster, the grind of producing a podcast, there's a lot that goes into it. And if you're doing it yourself, it takes up a lot of time and a lot of energy. And whereas you need to be spending your time marketing the podcast. So that's the service that we offer. And then, you know, I also go out and I'm learning, like right now I'm learning all about affiliate marketing. And as I build that income up, I'm going to be teaching everything I know about affiliate marketing. It's literally just sharing everything that I know currently and then I bring people on the show that can also help us get to the next level as well. Right. So you're a bit like you're, you're a trailblazer, right? You're, you're kind of forging a path and then you look back and say, who can I help now that I've done this thing? Like, who can I bring forward and say, you can do this too? What were you doing when you got started? So you, you, you started a show, but like in terms of building out some of like the work you were doing, was it, all, it wasn't always podcast coaching, right? Because you were just getting going with that. What were you doing kind of to keep the lights on at the beginning? <laughs> Man, there was some times where we didn't know if the lights were going to stay on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I first got out of prison, man, um, and I, when I was done, I, I initially got into network marketing. And at the time, Brandon, you couldn't even scare me off the word pyramid scheme because I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and I got into it, man. And um, I built up almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months. But I lost my passion for it because it just wasn't my thing. I started feeling like a slime ball. And I'm not knocking all network marketing companies and all network marketers uh, because there's good and bad in every industry. Um, I just so happened to be in a company where they taught me just to not treat people like people just fly through a list and try and sell them stuff. And if they weren't interested, keep it moving. And so I was burning so many relationships in the process. And that's not me. I, you know, I'm, I value relationships. And I always, that's always been a thing that I moved towards. 
And so I lost my passion, moved on after two years of network marketing in 2017. I moved on to become a life coach. And, and uh, I didn't make a single penny or help a single person as a life coach because my messaging was just, dude, I would say things like, I can help you achieve your goals or I can help you live a better life. Like, who wants that? Nobody, you know, like I wasn't specific on the, I wasn't clear on the specific problem that I could solve for a specific person. And as a result, there was many nights where I just wanted to bash my head into brick walls trying to figure it out. Um, and then I started studying marketing hardcore and, um, you know, and then the whole, the story about, you know, feeling like anytime I tried to collaborate, that's when we launched the podcast and that's when things completely turned in a different direction for me. Yeah. So you're, you, you're like, I, I need to take a turn. I don't know where it's going to go. And, and you, you're trying a lot of things. You're grabbing at straws, trying to figure out what's going to work. And it seems like you had a path like I did where I tried to figure out like, what am I going to do to to grow my network and, and build that out? And I needed a, f- a format. I needed a platform where I could get to know people because just shaking hands isn't enough these days. It's not, it's not the kind of thing that's going to move you forward at really the pace you want. And I love podcasts for that, but I think any kind of interview style, content creating, collaborating format is great, whether it's, you know, writing, visual, like Facebook lives are great, podcasts are great, but anything that gets you out there. And if you don't have the expertise for a particular field and you want to learn more about it, interviewing is a great way to do that. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I have marketing background, but I still want to know like the next hottest thing going on in marketing. So that's, that's the kind of people I'm interviewing. But my, my gap is entrepreneurs. So even I have trouble getting entrepreneurs on. That's why I was excited, talking, excited to talk to you today, just because I still don't know a lot of them. So this is me finding ways to meet more and more people that have done it, that have built something, built a business that's actually running and working. So I appreciate you coming on today for that. I do want to get into your backstory a little bit more because I think that there's, there's this idea that you know, a lot of people might have that you know, this is for someone else, that like, you know, I don't, I don't have the skills to do, to do something. It's going to be hard to get out of my rut, out of my daily routine. It's going to be hard to want to take a risk and just leave my day to day. So like, let's talk about where you were and kind of your mindset and maybe what's, what had to change in your life to kind of get to where you need to, where you feel like you can do anything. Yeah, Brandon, that's a great question. And because I, I'm, I'm just like you, I love marketing and it's so awesome. And I love psychology and all that stuff, but Man, if you don't have that, your mindset, your, your, your mental toughness, all that stuff, none of that matters, you know, and it really doesn't, man. And there's such a large part of my life where I was just drifting, didn't have that chief aim in life to aim for, didn't have anything driving me, just going through the motions and then getting in trouble and just doing a lot of stupid stuff. But it was crazy because there's a lot of events that led up to it, to the change, I guess you would say, but there was one event, like the one straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember it was, I did over four years of my life in prison, got out for about two years. And then I went back because I got, I was working at a bar and grill 50 to 60 hours a week. And then I got a job at, uh, on the sales team, which I was like, yes, that's what I always moved towards. And I, I got promoted on my third day because I sold 3000, the whole store did 9,000 in one day. And then they promoted me and then they fired me because they found out I was a convicted felon. And that sucked. But instead of just keeping my chin up and taking, taking the punches and, and finding some other opportunity, I threw a pity party, became an alcoholic, and I went back to prison. And that was just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And that was it, man. Uh, Brandon, I literally said to myself, I was like, Zach, Zach, what are you doing, bro? Like, like you, all you ever wanted was to be the father that you didn't have growing up. 
And now you're missing out on your twin's birth. That was like the most painful thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I felt big enough to sit on a penny and swing my feet from it, man. But at the same time, I made a decision right there in that jail cell before I was shipped off to prison. I said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care how long I got to go away because I didn't know how long I was going to go away for. I don't care what happens. I'm going to get back home. I'm going to be a responsible father and be uh, happy and successful. Didn't know what that looked like. Didn't know how I was going to make it happen. But I knew my reasons why I had to make it happen. And ever since that moment, I've been moving in a completely different direction. Well, what I wonder is, because I think a lot of people get there where they, they're like, okay, I have, I, you know, I, I'm motivated. I, you know, I'm ready to do something. And then they just, they hit enough walls that they give up, they get frustrated. And I wonder where, where you turned to pick up kind of the resources, the skills, like where you turned to, to find what you needed to move forward instead of just having, you know, being like, I, you know, I've tried for a month and I just, I'm not getting it. I'm just going to have to take a job because, you know, or whatever it is. Like, how did you find the skills, the resources to move forward and grow out of where you were? Man, that's such a great question. And it's like, I feel like there's a, there's a couple of different factors that go into it. And really, I can only speak from my own experience, you know? So for me, it was all of that pain that I've endured that I did, that I've, I'm not taking a victim stance on anything because I did all, everything I went through, I put myself through. But all that pain that I've endured that I put myself through kind of built like that resiliency, I guess you would say. And it made it when I hit in that low, it made me want want what I want now bad enough to put up with it. If that if that makes sense. Like, like, dude, there's been like, yeah, I've been through not just a month, but months of not making money, years of not making money in entrepreneurship where, you know, you literally got to be crazy to keep going on, you know, and it's like. I always say, I always feel like, man, IQ is awesome, and, and but I don't have high IQ. I feel like what really separates in, mo, in, in, in a lot of cases, what really separates the real successful people is their emotional intelligence as far as confidence, patience, resilience, persistence. Like I'd rather have those qualities than IQ any day because you can get through the crazy stuff. Because if you a lot of times, if you got the high IQ, you're going to look at it and be like, the odds are I'm not going to be able to make it. So I'm not even going to try and do that, you know, versus if you're a dummy like me, like I'm going to go do it. And then you'll bump your head over and over and over again until you figure it out. So, I mean, I don't know, man, it's just really wanting it bad enough and taking that full complete ownership attitude of like, Hey man, every, my failure and my success is all on me. And how bad do I really want this? It's not going to be easy. And man, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to put in words, but I think that's it, man. It really comes down to how much you want it. And did you meet any people along the way that, that were that suddenly that the hand was there to help or, you know, like a mentor, as they would say, or was it just like the internet and just trying things that for you? Yeah. In the beginning, bro, it was, it was foolish, but I learned from trial and error. It was just all internet and trying to figure it out on my own. And that's okay. And, you know, you kind of got to get started that way, but Man, I know of no better shortcut in life than finding no. And I hate the word shortcut. I know no better process of streamlining the process and finding some uh, someone that has exactly what you want and becoming their student. Mentors that have helped me uh, level up so much in, uh, in in business and uh and, and not only just in business. Like, dude, I got my personal trainer. He's really like my life coach that I see three times a week. The greatest mentor that I've had besides my mother. So I'm a big, big, big believer in mentors for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I think if you want to like speed up, I always say you can, you can do nothing or you can hire someone to help you do it f- as fast as possible. 
or you can do it yourself. And, you know, it might take you longer, but it's the less expensive way if you don't have the resources to pay for it or whatever it is. But, you know, you have those choices ahead of you. Tell me about starting your business when, you, you know, do you remember your like, not the, the network marketing, but when you started to like move towards this thing you wanted to do, like your first paying customer, like describe like A, what that felt like and like what that, who that was. Do you even remember? Like, was it that notable? Yeah. And it's funny, man, because I, I hopefully this, this, I feel like this is really helpful. So I felt like a fraud, dude. And, and I'll explain. I hadn't yet put my finger on the, the, the problem that I solved in the marketplace. And one of my values is, is to not be like, I, I get disgusted when I, you know, don't, don't promise something that you can't deliver. Um, and I felt like that. And, and the reason why is because I teamed up with a guy that had um, this program for lead gen customer acquisition and scaling a business. And this program that he had had over, over 20 million in revenues done and over a thousand successful graduates. So it was legit. And, and you know, people were getting results from it. And uh, it was pretty cool, man. And, and we teamed up and then we were repurposed the whole entire program. And I was like the face of it because I had like the brand going and, I, and we were bringing in students to our program. But I was trying to achieve what I was teaching by teaching it. And it was just backwards. And, it, it, and I felt like an imposter. It didn't align with my values. And, and, it, and I felt it, man. It just wasn't real and it wasn't right. And so I called myself after uh, over some time over, over course, like two months of doing it, I called myself out on it. It's like, dude, I can't do this, man. You know, like even though this program is legit or whatever and stuff and he's done it, I haven't, I haven't done it myself yet. And it just doesn't feel right. I'm pulling the plug on it. I'm going back to the drawing board and I'm going to continue putting out the podcast and doing affiliate income. And when I find what it is that I can bring to the marketplace, that's of real value that I can deliver on, then I'll come back. And I made a post about it and it was hard, man. It was hard to admit that on social media. But a lot of people reached out to me afterwards like, man, I respect you for doing that, man. That's, that's good looking out, man. You don't, you, know, you don't see that quite often. And it ended up being one of the better decisions that I made. Uh, but I remember getting those students coming through and it just didn't feel right, you know, and I'm glad I did what I did though. Yeah. And that's, is that when you switched to, it was your next thing that came out after that about was podcasting related or was it other stuff? Yeah, dude. Uh, the podcast. So I went back to the drawing board and this was, I made that announcement on Christmas day, 2018. It was just this past Christmas. So, and, um, and then I went back to the drawing board and then I didn't come up with it right away, but then I went out to kind of buy, by you a little bit. I was in San Diego and I was out there speaking at an event at my friend, uh, Marshall Gillen's event, um, for top paid speaker bootcamp or whatever. And then he asked me to share about podcasting with his group. There's a little mastermind group. And then everybody's eyes lit up and, and, and they were like, it was like, it was crazy because you could like the energy and they were like, wow, you know? And, and I was like, man, I didn't know like the stuff I knew about podcasting. Everybody didn't know about that or whatever. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand that. And then, so I was like, man, I really got something here. And I was like, wow, I'm such an idiot, man. I, I've been doing this for almost a year now. Became a top 200 rated podcast for my first week. Interviewed celebrities in person through my podcast. Been able to make money, not a lot, through affiliate marketing through my podcast. Why haven't I been teaching this, man? Like, And so I put that out. To, uh, I started developing that and put that out. And it was an instant hit. I went from and that was like the times where I was like, I was getting really bad cash flow. So I was wondering how we, we wouldn't got a, a title loan on our, on our Chrysler Aspen. That's, I wouldn't recommend doing that, but I went and did that just to keep the business going. And, and that, cause those interest rates are stupid crazy. And I went from 
barely making it getting by like, Oh my God, how's this going to work to first month, 11 K then the next month, 23 K. And it's just been, it's been crazy ever since. Like it, I finally cracked that code and it's all because I got clear on my message to market match. I got clear on what it is I can actually deliver results in that I can hundred percent back up in. And also that my marketplace also wants. So it was, uh, it was a, it was a journey though. Yeah, man. And do you think anyone can do a podcast? I mean, what kind of people do you think are, are good for like taking that on as, as a, as a task? Yeah. Any, you know, most, most of the fake entrepreneurs would answer that question. They'd be like, yeah, man, anybody could do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> because they want you to get, to get a podcast. Obviously here's the deal. If you don't want it bad enough, if you're, if you're afraid of sucking at first, then podcasting is not for you because more than likely you're going to suck at first when you first start podcasting. Like, just think about it, man. This is, this goes for anything in life. This is how human beings work. When you come out the womb, you can't walk right away. Like you, you, you just can't, you're trying to figure it out, but you don't give up right away. You're like, Oh, I can't walk. I fell down to ice. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, you just keep falling over and over and over again. Eventually you, you just practice the skill so much to where you can start walking and then then you start walking you might look a little bit like bambi and the the, the deer or whatnot and the, but eventually you keep walking and you get really good at it to where you could start walking and chewing bubblegum at the same time without even thinking about it it's the same thing with podcasting it's the same thing with reading a book with learning to read it's the same thing with getting on stage and speaking you're going to suck at first but if you want it bad enough and you're not afraid to suck then yeah it's for you yeah man uh, amen to that. It's definitely been a journey for me, for sure. Uh, it helps having a little bit of coaching too, but I, I actually put the reps in first. I did like the 30 plus episodes, just me, and then hired a coach, got after it, and then relaunched just with the confidence and education I needed to, to do it right. So I, I'm, I'm all about that too. I think if you've got the drive and like realize it's going to take time and you're willing to fail, I, I couldn't agree more that that's, then it could be for you. And there's a lot of advantages to that. Amen, bro. Now, you do. You did some speaking. You do some speaking on different topics. You mentioned Marshall Gillen, who's been a, a guest on this show, so a fan of him. And uh, what I think our listeners would be interested in is one of your topics that you cover is how to attract your ideal high-paying customer. Can you share some of that, some of your strategies on that with us? You know, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, so this is this is pretty cool now. So that was those clips and stuff uh, that you've seen and stuff, that was when I was teamed up with the business partner and he had the program for uh, uh, lead gen customer acquisition and scaling a business. But however, you know, that's when I was like, I didn't feel like uh, I didn't align. And then I went back to the drawing board, but I used a lot of those strategies and also, also learn more uh, about attracting, you know, getting, getting clear on your ideal customer avatar. So yes, I would love to share that with you because uh, you know, you have to do that in business. You have to do that in podcasting. You have to do that on a YouTube channel, whatever. You have to get clear who your audience is and be able to attract the right people. So here's my philosophy and here's what's worked for me. I'm not saying that this is the only way to do it, uh, but this is something that I firmly believe in as far as uh, be your ideal customer. So if you're building a brand, right? And, and I feel like you, you, you're, you're all about brands. Brands on brands on brands, huh? <laughs> but um, here's how I feel, man. All right, so like if you're if you're Walmart or McDonald's or uh, Apple, some of the biggest you know corporations in the world, 
then yes, you can create a customer avatar and be that ideal to that customer avatar and, and give them exactly what they want because you're a business brain and you could be whatever. However, if we're talking personal branding, personal branding, you can't just create any customer avatar and be the ideal for that customer avatar because, because you, it could be something that doesn't align with who you really are. And then if you're trying to be that to that ideal customer avatar, it's going to get exposed. It's got, people are going to see right through it. So if you're being a personal brand, you have to be speaking to who you were yesterday and who you can help out and who's, on the same, who's going through the same journey as you and who thinks like you and who has the same problems that you had. That's, that's really that. That's all I do. And that's what, that's what, when I started doing that, everything just was a game changer after that. Because after you get clear on who it is that you serve, then the offers become easy because you know what they want and you know how to talk to them. And, and all the content becomes easy because you know what kind of content they're interested in and that would help them. So just really getting clear on that will go a long way. I love it, man. Yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit about some of the the wins and losses, some of the things, because you know, you've been building this thing, you've changed, you pivoted a few times. I think it'd be good for the people out there to hear some of that. You had struggle. We forgot a lot of struggle, but like what were some of the things that stand out to you? You were like, oh, this this was really starting to work, or this this is like, oh, this isn't working, you know, and you've had to change and make it work for you. Like, what are some of those things you've had to, to do? Just with podcasting alone, I shared my uh, stats the other day for the first time on on Facebook. In the beginning, I was doing all the production work, and I was also I didn't I didn't know uh, too much about podcasting. I was learning it right, and um, my main strategy was just sharing it on social media and having the guests share it. And because of that, all I experienced was slow, painful ebbs and flows growth of downloads. Like it was up and down, up and down, then it would even dip. Uh, and it was just like really slow drawn out. And that's because, and I learned this through, through School of Hard Knocks, that if that's your only marketing strategy, you're not going to grow because people on social media, they already know you have a podcast. If they wanted to check you out, they would. Now, you should share on social media, and I'm going to share why, because there's a few reasons why, but it's the very last thing you should be doing as far as marketing your podcast. And one reason is because people on social media, yeah, they need to be prodded a few different times or see it a few different times before they actually take action and check you out. So that's one reason. And then another reason is, you know, you get new followers, so they don't know about you yet and they don't know you have a podcast yet. So that's another reason why. And then the most effective part of the strategy is having the guest share because you're potentially reaching a whole new audience. But if that's all you're doing, at the end of the day, you're not moving fast enough. And I learned that through the School of Hard Knocks. And so I had to get away from that and, and outsource. It's a big, a lot of us entrepreneurs struggle with that. Uh, we're like perfectionists almost. Like, we're like nobody can do this better than I can. Nobody can create the show, uh, the, the, write the show notes better than I can. And that might be true in a lot of cases, but it doesn't have to be that way. And if you're going to be so controlling over every little thing and, and working in your business, you're never going to grow. So being able to outsource uh, hire another company or, or bring on people internally to do those tasks is, was a huge, huge uh, pivotal moment for me. And let's be honest with the entrepreneurs out there. Some of us are just cheap. Like, let's be <laughs> like, be real about it. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we're, we, we're, we're protective of it being high quality. No, some of you just don't want to pay the bill <laughs> to have someone do this stuff for you. Like straight up, you're like, I don't know if it's going to be worth the money. And then you try something. It happens in marketing all the time. You know, I ran, I paid someone to do my Instagram and I didn't see sales in a month, you know, like, okay, well, like, 
was were you getting sales before that? Like, do you have the right measurement in place? Do you have the right strategy? But they, they, this, there's this hesitancy to spend money on anything that's not like an obvious thing, like the materials that go into your product or whatever it is. And I think that's like, it, it's money and it's time. It's like, you don't either have the time to focus on it or you don't have the money to spend. But I, I think outsourcing, when you know something is is not the thing you're great at, it's not your main skill and your time is better spent elsewhere, definitely get rid of that, man. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, man. No doubt, dude. I think uh, Chris Ducker has this video. It's really old and it's it's like really old as in 2013, but that's like dinosaur years now, the day and age we live in. But it's still relevant to this day called the three lists of freedom. Uh, you guys should check it out. You could YouTube it. And he talks about, it's so powerful, dude. It, so if like you're in that phase of like, you don't know how to outsource, where to begin or whatnot, he has you list off. Uh, and I think it's like the first list is like, what are tasks that you absolutely hate doing? And then the second one is what are tasks, what are tasks that you absolutely hate doing? What are tasks that you can't do that you just can't like, like for me, I can't run Facebook ads. I'm not an analytical person and data driven mind. I'm just a creative type. You got good ideas. So it's what tasks do you hate doing? What tasks can you not do? And then the, the third and most important one was what are tasks that you know you shouldn't be doing? And that's where you, it goes internal and you got to really think about it. And that's where, man, you, and you make out this list and just rapid fire, write down those questions and then you'll know where to begin to start outsourcing. As soon as you start outsourcing, I swear to God, because I used to be a perfectionist. As soon as you start bringing on help, it becomes addicting because you get so much more time and freedom back, but not even that, just a peace of mind, man. It was, it was amazing. So, you know, it makes me wonder, how have you stayed relevant? And, you know, you've started to build this thing, this podcast, this community, you've started to help people, but how do you stay relevant within that niche you're in, that community you're in and make them want to come back and, you know, not just get distracted by what else was going on there? How are you, how are you connecting and staying relevant in that community? Yeah, man. I, I, I firmly believe, cause I used to be, this was also, um, you know, when I first kind of got into building the business and stuff, I, I put on this fake role of being positive too much and I'm a positive person, but let me, let me explain a little bit though. Um, here's the deal. I acted like I, I was like one of those, those guru woo woo spiritual types. Like I was always positive. Like I was just, everything was always good and stuff. We're human beings, man. You can't always be positive. Like you're going to have bad days. You're going to have, you're going to have dark thoughts, emotions, and desires. Like it's just going to happen. It's impossible for it not to happen. And, and I was putting on this fake image of like my life was perfect when it wasn't and nobody's life is. And so I really got to the point where I finally stopped holding back punches and stop trying to fake and pretend to be something that I'm not because I finally understood that that no matter what we all have these dark thoughts emotions and desires it's just impossible not to have and that on top of that no matter who I am whether I'm being fake or being real there's always going to be people that hate me for it and there's always going to be people that love me for it so it's just so much easier being real and once I stopped holding back those punches and just legit like I'll say exactly how I feel on social media and here's the deal. Everything I say is everything I say and do is with the intention of doing good for other people. And I'm a firm believer of doing good and making someone happier completely two different things than they are. Like you could give a kid candy every single day and that would make that kid happy, but it's not doing good for that kid. It can make them obese and get made fun of in school and die from diseases by doing that. Like that's not doing good for the kid. So I'll say, I'll say the stuff that will piss a lot of people off a lot of times 
it's because it pisses them off because it strikes them on a deeper level, but it's also aimed at doing good for those people. And hopefully, yeah, they may not like me for it, but it might get them to change their attitudes or whatnot, or made them get them to change their actions, whatever. And I'm not a perfect person either. I would be the first to admit that. Uh, And I'll call myself out before I call anybody out. But doing those types of things, just really being myself, not holding back any punches, saying what needs to be said and not caring about how it's going to be perceived. Yes, I do care about how it's going to be perceived because every human being does. Anybody says, oh, I don't care what other people think. That's a lie because we are social creatures. One of our biggest fears is being socially outcasted by the tribe. But just having those things and being myself, knowing that it's so much easier being myself than being fake. I think that's what I think that's what does it, man. I don't know. It's just really ain't no secrets just being myself yeah and i i I think at the end of the day you you have to it's easiest to start with that if if you can avoid the the traps of of going away from who you are i think you're you're way better off uh and i've you know i'm a big fan of this this idea now that all of us are brands that you know that that humans have become commoditized and we have to you know if you want to succeed you have to tell your story and that story is it's you you don't you know the good the bad the ugly but also it's the skills and the things you've learned and who you can help and all that stuff. So I'm curious, because uh, you you have a personal brand that, you know, where people, you might be like, well, should I hide this? Should I not hide this? I'm glad you you haven't. Uh, but how has building that personal brand, what's what, how has that gone for you? And then how how's that played a role in your success? Man, um, everything, dude. I, I really, like, I'm, I'm a firm believer with you that it, we all are brands. And um, the cool thing about it is that, the reason why I started building my personal brand, I was sitting in network marketing. I was sick of it. I couldn't stand it anymore. Um, I finally started sharing my story. I was scared to share my story in the beginning um, because I was like, man, if I share with people that I used to be a crackhead, heroin junkie, and did over five years of my life in prison, nobody's going to take me seriously. And I can't even get a job as it is. So I really have to look the part here. And, uh, you know, or else I'm not going to be able to feed my kids. And then my mentor in network marketing helped me start sharing my story. I started speaking about it and I started seeing how powerful it was and how, how it could cut through a lot of, uh, a lot of barriers with people and kind of hit people. I'm not saying that, that we all don't have it. It's just like I, with the whole prison stuff, it kind of like, it's, it's like become a strength. I used to be scared of telling that story. Now I realize it's became one of my greatest powers in my brand. Uh, it's what, it's really interesting to a lot of people. So I started doing that. And then I wrote the book prison of promised land, which, I took off of, it's still on Amazon. You can get the Kindle version or whatever to download, but I took the print off because I glorified network marketing. And I told my story, it was a pretty cool story, but I, I was glorifying network marketing. And I was in network marketing at the time. Just, it doesn't align with who I am, with what I'm doing now. But um, when I launched that book though, that's when I was like, because I was already sick of network marketing at the time. And I was like, man, this feels right. This is what I want to, this is what I want to move into. This is what I want to do. I want to start speaking and stuff. And then it was Gary Vaynerchuk, man. I was watching his stuff and I was like, man, and I started learning about this person. I was like, I want to build my own personal brand. I want to do what he does. Cause I like, I could, I, I like telling my story and I like creating content. I like going around speaking. I was like, I don't know how anything about building a business, but I just want to do what he does. And so I left network marketing at the time. I wasn't, I was, by the time I left, like I, I wasn't making almost $2,000 a month anymore. I dropped down after auto ship. I was making probably like 300 to 600 a month. Uh, so it was barely nothing, but I was just hanging on because it was like a safety net. And uh, I, I, at the very end, I said, I'm doing, I'm doing this, man. I'm cutting the cord. I'm burning the boats. And I'm just going to go all in in 2017. This was at the end of 2016. I'm just going to do it. 
didn't know what the heck I was doing. I probably wouldn't recommend that now looking back. Um, yeah, I would. I would recommend it. But as I would say, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very painful and it's not going to happen overnight. It took me all of 2017 and all of 2018 and a couple months in 2019 to finally break a cash flow code, whatever you want to call it, the online cash flow code. But, but yeah, man, that, that was it, man. Now, uh, we, we have a, you know, a little bit left in the show here towards the, the end of it. I usually ask uh, most of my guests a, a certain question of branding versus selling, but I'm not even interested in that right now. What I want to talk a little bit about is vulnerability because to do what you do every day and to go out and talk to people and to have the story you have, uh, it takes a, pers- a, a little bit of, of vulnerability to get there. And I came across that as something that I struggled with with it's something that I was was not something even in my radar that I wasn't doing, but it was definitely a challenge. And when I had to go speak to a college for the first time, I had this like epiphany. I was in Thailand on a on a networking trip and I just realized that to be truly connected with an audience, you have to be vulnerable and tell your story. And that doesn't come easy for a lot of us, especially if you come from I think if you come from a life of struggle, if you have things that you you know that could be embarrassing, you considered by culture to be embarrassing. I think that's not the easiest thing to come across. Uh, so I wonder, like, what made it for you? Like, how did you discover that you know it's time to just you can call it just being real? But when did you discover you know it's time to tell my story and let people in to what I'm to what I'm all about? Because I don't think that's an easy thing for a lot of guys. Yeah, it's not. And I guess because I was raised by my mother my whole entire life and she was just awesome, dude. And I didn't have a father figure. And and this is all starting to come and I still haven't decoded this. I don't think none of us really decoded all, but um I haven't really decoded this part of it. It's starting to make more and more sense and come more clear to me as time goes on as I study more about psychology and everything. But I've always been really empathetic and been very good at like and I'm not just saying this, man, like this has been like, you know, we all have those superpowers about us and I'm not sitting here trying to brag. I'm just trying to talk about this point here. But like for me, I've all, as a kid, even I've always been really good at sitting in a conversation with a group of people. It could be, it could be a bunch of people. It could be like five or six. It could be a lot, whatever, but I'm good at picking up the very, very small, subtle cues of how people are really feeling like their body actions and stuff. Like I could tell when somebody says something like, for instance, I'm just going to completely make up something hypothetical here. Like a a guy says something about uh, a homophobic slay or uh, like a, makes a, a a joke about homosexuality or, you know, a, a, a gay joke or something. And then that rubs the other person wrong because they are gay or something but he wasn't trying to be like mean or something, but it's still like kind of hurt him saying it made it like I could pick up that that person is feeling uncomfortable really quickly. I don't know. And I, other people could do this too, but I don't know. It's just like something really good. So like that being able to like, I, I would always and remember, I don't know if I, I mentioned this, but like, you know, I'd always do things to try and fit in growing up because I didn't have the father figure uh, more so than what most people do. And, but I, I would do things like, cause I would be able to tell how they'd feel. And I would always like be able to uh, do things to make people feel better if that makes sense or whatever. It does. It does. I mean, what's funny is I think that means like, it's also coming from a single mom. I think I have that, that same kind of superpower. I'm like, 
Yeah. Empathy and better listening makes you a good podcaster, right? The, uh, so if you have, if you're one of those kids that came from a single mom out there, guess what? You might have gained the advantage of that, of having just that one person in your life might mean that you're a better listener, that you're more empathetic because you were working one-on-one with someone every day. So maybe you look at the bright side of that, uh, and, and find that as an advantage. Cause I think that's, that's exactly where that comes from. Dude, 100% man. And so to get to the clear cut answer uh, of this all the the vulnerability part for me the only reason why I was scared to tell my story the only reason is because I had been fired you know before I went back to prison for being a convicted felon after I just got promoted for being a a kick-ass salesman for them and so I was scared because I was like man I know I can't get a job anywhere I could get a job but it's going to be under the table paying construction job, some, some crappy low level job. And I would never have a chance to like really advance because of what I did myself. So then now I'm in this entrepreneur world and I'm like, man, we're doing business here with business owners. So if I tell them I used to be a, a, a crackhead and a heroin junkie and did over five years of my life, nobody's going to take me seriously. And then I won't have any chance to feed my family. So that was what was holding me back. Cause once, once my mentor helped me, she's like, man, your story is not going to scare people away. It's actually powerful. And once she got me to start actually sharing that, it was game over after that. And then I, I can't really give the best advice for somebody that's kind of scared of being, but, but here, here's a good piece. Cause I, I, I've never been scared to share that about me, but here's a, here's a, here, this might help. This might help. Dude, if you look at Eminem, all right, you can't beat him in a battle rap because he, he Jones on himself, like in the movie eight mile, at the very last one, he, he flamed himself. Like you couldn't even get him because he just, he just tore himself apart. That was being vulnerable. And so if you, if you share those flaws and you rip your own self apart, what can somebody else do to you at that point? You, you actually come from a place of power by opening up your character flaws and, and the things that you've done in the past that were, that were wrong. Because if you hide it, then people can stab at it. But if you open it up, you, you can't nobody hurt you at that point. Yeah, I think that's a good motivation, right? To to figure out like why, if you want to know the why you should do it, that's that's the why for sure. And I think if you want to achieve it, some of the, you know, for me, it's like you got to put yourself around different kinds of people and in, in different experiences. And, you know, only through that, I think, can you find growth? Can you find different ways of thinking and different perspective? Because it took me going all the way to Thailand and talking to guys like Marshall who were very vulnerable. And I'd never met guys that were like that vulnerable and a couple other guys there too that really set the stage for us to like trust each other and share and, and open up in that way. And you know what? Like better for it. You know, it, I think you've got to sometimes put yourself out there to, to experience different things, new things, new people to change the way you think about things. Get out of your little bubble, you know? Amen, bro. I think that's, that wraps us up for the day, man. I do want to hear like, what's the, what, what are you excited about right now? Uh, and how can people get a hold of you and, uh, and connect with you if they want to, you know, be in your world? Yeah, man. I appreciate that, bro. Um, it's underdog empowerment, man. The podcast. I'm just like, you I really love, enjoy doing podcasting. You guys can check that out. It's literally on any platform that you listen to podcasts to. So you can just check out underdog empowerment, but to make it really easy for you, uh, you can go to underdogempowerment.com and right there on the front page, you can scroll down a little bit and subscribe to whatever platform you enjoy listening to podcasts to iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, whatever. It's all right there. Uh, hope to see you guys over there. And Brandon, thank you so much for having me on, man. Nah, great having you, brother. And, and thanks for having me on your show. And I'll tell you what you told your audience, which is if you liked what you heard today, 
make sure you go over to his podcast. Take the time to go to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, write the review. I know these are like three steps that Apple makes us take. It's not easy, but that's how you show that you appreciate someone and the content they've put together and the time that they've taken to be vulnerable and share their expertise with you. If you've gotten anything from this, and I know some of you have, that's the best way you can show your gratitude. I don't need a post on Instagram. I, you know, It just takes a little bit of time to head over there and check out what this guy's got going on. Uh, he's out there helping people and that's how you can uh, show your appreciation. So man, thanks for coming on the show today. Pleasure having you. And uh, I, I know for us, this is just a start of a relationship, but I uh, loved introducing you today and thanks. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate that, man. And we'll definitely be doing this again. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.